there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Inside the special teams podcast with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, where every week we look back at some special team specific year in sports in the middle of our run right now, as we look back at some special teams who took place and took part in some of the biggest games the NFL, Major League Baseball, college football, the NBA have seen in the past few years. And today we're going to look back at a game that changed the fortunes of two teams following it. And it's so good. It has a name because look, when any time a playoff game has a name, you know, it's good. Sometimes it's fourth and 26, which is the title of a previous podcast. Sometimes the music city miracle. Sometimes it's named after a player because you say the name and everybody understands. So today we are going to break down the Blair Walsh game. Oh, you say that and everybody knows, yep, Blair Walsh missing the field goal. Oh, boy, 10-9. Yep, I get it. I get it. So the Blair Walsh game from January 10th, 2016, the most recent NFL game I think we've broke down. But still, so much has changed for both of these teams as a result of that game. That's why we're doing it here today. Our bosses aren't going to scrub it, though, right, based on their own personal fandom? Well, let's see. Our boss, Scott Shapiro at Fox, is a huge Minnesota Vikings fan. But look, the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. So I think anytime we talk about the Vikings, he'll be okay with it. Yeah, they had their shots. Maybe we'll go back in the long, illustrious history of near misses (laughs) from Fran Tarkenton. Well, it would give us an excuse to do 20 minutes on That's Incredible. Sure. Well, I bet Kathy Lee Crosby. John, John Davidson action. Remember that was on the same time as Real People? It was like the same show. Yeah, but what was great about the That's Incredible is about every month they'd have a random dude on with a cobra. It's like, it yeah. gets ratings. People get excited. Yeah, it's a guy with a snake. Let's have him He's going to milk the snake. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the guy that was in the box, right, to breathe in the box for an hour? Oh. That was the big one for That's Incredible. He, he folded himself up into this tiny, you know, uh, and, and, and he was, it was able to just be in a box where he breathed for an hour that was completely closed. Oh, I still remember that. And that was like 40 years ago I remember watching that. Well, I mean, I know it was the amazing Yen in Ocean's Eleven. But yeah, this guy was on the uh, reunion special too. You know, in I actually, 1988, I actually, into the box. I actually saw Yen at the LA County Fair last year because he performs with with a group that does incredible acrobatics, and we're watching this group, and it's amazing. You know, this is the LA County Fair. This is where you can just walk right up to the stage and just you know sit down. And he's with a a, a group of of acrobatic performers, and I'm going, oh my god! And I go, Pam. That looks like the dude from Ocean's Eleven. She goes, no, no, it's not. I go, but, no, but it, doesn't it look just like Did him? you yell, where yeah, the blank you been? <laughs> and so we looked it up and we said, oh, my God, it is. And and he was performing on stage oh, at the so L.A. Great. County Fair. It was fantastic. I was like, this that is, is great. awesome. And we told Zoe, Zoe, this is the guy. And now she's just watched the Ocean's Eleven movies. My daughter, the past couple wow, of weeks. Wow, look loves at that. Them. Yeah, she, just like me, loves Eleven. 
loves 13, hates 12. Well, 12 was clearly just a cash grab. They enjoyed playing and hanging out together. Uh, They knew it would make money. So why not do it again? Uh, On on the whole, like if you didn't know it was part of a trilogy that was really, really good otherwise, Mm -hmm. uh, 12 is okay standalone. You you have to compartmentalize your brain, right? You got to do a little meditation and remember that the first one wasn't so great. Yeah. Well, it's also you got to get, oh, Julia Roberts is going to play herself, but she's not Julia Roberts. And, uh, you know, okay, you know what? X, I'm out. I'm out of that. Well, that's when you have an extra drink and you forget any of it. Well, she also liked the bad guy. Al Pacino was a much better bad guy in Ocean's 13. So that's uh, true. She she likes him. And what is this, a Billy Martin? I get a chance to make amends. I'm not going to do it. Uh, But anyway, today's podcast is the Blair Walsh (laughs) game. Before we get to the NFL wildcard game, the NFC game that took place in the second week of 2016, how did these teams get to a game that has become identifiable with both franchises? Well, for the Seahawks, you got to remember, they're coming off that big Super Bowl loss to New England in which they could have given the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the goal line. They didn't, and they were living with that. So now they've been playing that game over and over in their head all offseason into this season in which they decide we're going to make our team better. So going into this year, Pete Carroll decides we got to do better and we need more offense. They trade for Jimmy Graham. They have a couple of great draft picks and Frank Clark and Tyler Lockett. Cam Chancellor held out, didn't report until week three. Turns out they didn't need him. And during the season, they make the big trade of Percy Harvin to the Jets when the Jets had won two games. And it's like, what are you doing? We're not, we're not going anywhere with Percy. Why are you making a trade for Percy Harvin? John Idzik, what are you doing? You are insane. But this is the ups and downs that the Seahawks had to deal with during the regular season. And you'd think that would be enough. Look, you bring in a couple of impact players and Graham and Lockett. You draft Frank Clark, who turns into a star. You trade Percy Harvin. And for this season, the most famous play that the Seahawks had was the bat play. It was on Monday Night Football against the Lions. You probably remember this. Uh, well, Cal- you and I were on air I know. yelling about it uh, on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Calvin Johnson is trying to stretch for what would be the game-winning touchdown on Monday night, except he gets stripped by Cam Chancellor. K.J. Wright bats the ball out of the end zone, and after the game, we find out it should have been ruled an illegal bat, and Detroit keeping the football at the one-yard line. Very famous play. One of the many plays the Seahawks have had in that corner of the end zone, which has gone their way full of much controversy. Uh, it's, so, it's like a uh, sacred burial ground or something, man. There's, yeah, there's oh, some strange stuff happening uh, there. So you want to stay away from that part of the end zone in big games against the Seahawks. I'll Where's Fred Gwynn at? Look <laughs> out. A boy needs a father. Um, so this was the backdrop of the Seahawks, who had a very interesting season. Look, again, with, the, with the new additions, with this big play, uh, they lose Jimmy Graham for the season in week 12. He tears his patellar tendon. And really, Jimmy Graham was, it's such a missed opportunity because his entire time he spent with the Seahawks, they never figured out how to use him. They never figured out how to turn him into the weapon he was in New Orleans. And it was one of those times where you say, boy, this should have been a lot better for the Seahawks, and it just wasn't. Limited to 11 games during the year, as you said. So 74 targets. You know, he was on track to get to at least the target number that we'd seen in the years prior working with Breeze and company. But the red zone opportunities certainly weren't there. And, you know, you look at the way the Seahawks operated, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, some of the smaller receivers, Percy Harvin before he became a Jet and, well, had nowhere yeah. to go. Uh, look, I got to call it what it is. Uh, those guys knew how to do the little scrape route and find uh, just enough space in the end zone. Here for Graham, he didn't become the same level of performer. He ended up being more a decoy except for his final year when then he was grossly overpaid by the Packers. <laughs> Seattle actually beats Minnesota in the regular season in week 13. They crushed them 38-7 without Jimmy Graham, without Marshawn Lynch. Thomas Rawls played well, but he got hurt the following week. He was out for the season. So the Seahawks were a banged up team all year. They started out slow, but they make the playoffs by winning eight out of their last 10. Russell Wilson becomes the focal point of the offense. And remember, you mentioned him. This was the Doug Baldwin year. I mean, this is the year where Doug Baldwin suddenly was catching three touchdowns a week, and you're going, oh, my God, look at Doug Baldwin. He had 14 for the season. That's like what Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones have in their best years. 
Yeah, and he wasn't the guy that was generally a deep ball guy, right? You had some of that. That's why Lockett came on board. But Doug Baldwin was a guy that would create space, right, and find uh, openings. And Russell Wilson just knew to put it in the general vicinity. And certainly over the course of this game, he, he got cued a couple of times, mm-hmm. but uh, had the opportunity. And, and you, you recognize just what an impactful player Baldwin was for a stretch. I don't know that he gets his just due on the NFL as a whole for how reliable he'd been. But, you know, not to gloss over, you know, how they got on a roll that second half. That became kind of a hallmark of this team, right, because the offense offensive line was always in shambles mm-hmm. or so it would seem. So about mid season, be like, all right, are we ready? You guys got it together. Okay. <laughs> let's go on a run. Cause they were four and four at the midpoint. Yeah. Right. And they were <laughs> and hurt. Then they go could, on this yeah. crazy run. They, they, you know, Marshawn Lynch got hurt at the end of November. He had abdominal surgery and he was done. You know, Rawls comes in and plays well, but now he's you done. And this is a team. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and this is a team that is always as, as good as Russell Wilson has shown to be. He's always been part of, he was basically the head of the snake up until this year. It was well, yeah. Russell Wilson's good, but it's the running game that's carrying us through. And of course, coming off such a highly publicized interception when had you given the ball to Marshawn Lynch, you would have won the Super Bowl. It's a it's a different world for the Seahawks coming into this playoff going, okay, we're now Russell Wilson driven. Doug Baldwin's turning in a, I mean, like I said, it's the Doug Baldwin year. So this is where we're at as they finish 10 and six and head into the playoffs against the Minnesota Vikings. Now for the Vikings, things are much different. In the offseason, it was their last season at TCF Bank Stadium. They drafted Stephon Diggs, who turned into a phenomenal player for them until they traded him. Uh, This was Adrian Peterson coming back to the team after he missed nearly all of 2014 due to child abuse allegations. I mean, this was the NFL in 2014. I mean, now I can't believe that he'd stay in the league. I mean, you're coming up. This is 2014 where all the allegations and, and, and basically Adrian Peterson admitting that he would hit his child for disciplining him. If that happened now, he'd be gone and he'd not be coming back into the league, but he was still playing at a high level. And I, I I am stunned at this point that he got back in the league that easy. You know, in fact, it was so, it, it was, it was such a fait accompli that Minnesota restructured his deal prior to the season. Can you imagine the flack that the Vikings would get now if they kept him, if this was 2020? Yeah. Here's a guy who admitted to, to beating his kid that way. Oh my goodness. And you're going to keep him. And not only that restructure his deal going into this year, I mean, people would stop going to Vikings games. It would be, it would be the story of look at an organization, how they're doing it with this story still so fresh in everybody's mind. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many of those moments for the NFL where if you put it in the current climate, you eradicate a lot of it. There's outrage done. And certainly the NFL, perhaps in a different state of listening to the players, listening to fans, listening to where culture is. And Goodell's always going to be crushed for the early attempts in terms of conduct policy decisions because he was going without a net, right? And there was nothing from Tagliabu. Right. As long as you were available to play, you were good to go. And then you try to institute policy. Well, how do you do that? Because no two cases are going to be the same. And then you have the star power of an Adrian Peterson. That's a whole other thing because he's gone on to have a couple of really nice seasons in Washington still playing as, as we get ready for the 2020 campaign. And you look what he did in 2015. He comes back and he rushes for almost 1,500 yards. Yeah. He right? has a huge so, I mean, year. He's yeah. still a beast. So He's all pro you know, again. Yeah. Star rules, right? And the thing is for Peterson is that he has this all pro year and he carries the Vikings offense. And I don't think there was any question after, well, we need him. We need him to come back. It's, it's just, it baffles you and you shake your head and you go, man, this was just... You know, this is just four years ago. This is not very long yeah. ago, but but things change in an instant. I mean, put it in perspective, as you go into this playoff matchup, the Vikings were 31st in passing yards. Oh, they were terrible. And that's the thing is that <laughs> they needed every yard because yeah. Teddy Bridgewater just wasn't very good. And I loved Teddy Bridgewater coming out of school. And it looked like he was going to take the path of, okay, he's going to be a winning quarterback. He's not going to throw a lot of touchdowns. He's not going to win passing titles, but he's going to win games. But he struggled all year long. He had nine touchdown passes through the first 
first 14 weeks. Nine. He had four touchdowns in against the Bears. Sorry, buddy. Week 15. That's okay, buddy. But yeah, that's that one stands out, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, for a season to throw 14 touchdowns and throw for 3,000 yards, again, this is in the era of the quarterback where 4,000-yard seasons are becoming the norm. Uh, it's amazing to think how Minnesota went through this year playing as well as they have, getting into the playoffs, besides getting nothing at quarterback. I mean, like I said, I love Teddy Bridgewater, but the bottom line is he was just never very good you know no. I mean he, he, and, and, and they, they got by with him and got this far with getting basically nothing at quarterback they had one player finish with more than 500 receiving yards Oof. that was Diggs then you had three between 400 and 500 Jarius Wright Mike Wallace and Kyle Rudolph Peterson then your fifth leading receiver 222 mm. yards, but on the strength of his legs, fourth most rushing yards as a unit uh, in the league. And somehow they scored at least 26 points, six different times during the regular season, oh. <laughs> including the 38 point barrage uh, against the bears. That is just the outlier yeah. of everything. He had two as a team. They had two multi touchdown throwing games. Yeah, that's it. So the Vikings also finish 10 and 6 and we get set for the NFC wild card game in which we have a big broken nose, a catch every bit as good as Odell Beckham's, one of the most insane plays you'll see in the playoffs and oh by the way, yes, Blair Walsh and his missed 27-yard field goal. It's all coming up next right here. Special teams, Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. So we arrive at the NFC wildcard playoff game between the Seahawks and the Vikings, the third coldest game in NFL history with the wind chill factor minus 25 degrees. And one of the best parts of this game is that Bud Grant, longtime <laughs> Vikings head coach, legend, Super Bowls, he comes out for the coin toss in a hat and a polo shirt. And he's 88 <laughs> years old. And he comes out going, this is what it was like in Minnesota. Because when he was the coach in the 70s and the 80s, they played outdoors and they used the the snow and the, and the elements to their advantage. He comes out, he's 88, and he's just got a hat and a polo shirt like, hey, I, I'm, I just got done playing golf. I'm here for the coin toss. 
all the montages of all the shirtless people in the crowds. And then as the captains go out, there's Bud Grant <laughs> just strutting what out a to boss. the middle of the field. What a boss, Bud Grant. Uh, what, a, what a move, right? Uh, so here's the game. And obviously with this weather, you know scoring is going to be at a minimum. Again, no Marshawn Lynch for the Seahawks, who hadn't played in a while after abdominal surgery. So this was going to be done on the strength of the Seahawks defense and Russell Wilson. It's a 0-0 first half. Nobody is surprised at this. The first big play of the game turns on a bobbled snap on a punt. John Ryan uh, bobbles the snap, doesn't think he can get the ball off, uh, the punt off, so he tries to run for the first down. He kind of gets upended and because you know punters they have face masks that don't cover their whole face he lands on his face short of the first down with a broken nose I mean that that's the big play of the first half is that he bobbles a snap runs falls on his face breaks his nose it turns into a field goal a three nothing lead for Minnesota uh, all because of a bobble snap and you know John Ryan's going man wish I had that better face mask Wish I had that so face bad. It, every time I've watched that replay, not only does he have the opportunity to get the punt off, right? Because the the last man coming in gets knocked to the ground. Mm-hmm. So Ryan's got plenty of time to reset. Then he suddenly decides he's Superman. So yeah. what does he think? He's going to somersault and still be land on his feet <laughs> and finish off a I first know. down run. I know. Like it's, it's one of the worst decisions. This guy had a nice long career. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of positivity sure. as they always say with an interception, man, he'd like to have that one back. <laughs> and if you want to, if you want a great before he was a star moment, you know, who was rushing the punter on that play? Adam Thielen. Yeah. Well, he's now, the guy that gets knocked down. Now it's like, okay, we, you would never even think Adam, why is Adam Thielen rushing the punter? The guy's one of the best receivers in the NFL. But this is before he was a star. He was on the punt team. He was rushing the punter. But if you watch the highlights, it's classic because, well, he gets knocked down, yeah. which would, would have been the thing to give Ryan his edge to, to actually get a punt off rushed, but at least get it out of the territory and hope for a roll. Instead, he's the guy coming up behind and pumping his fist like he made a huge play. It's like, no, no, Trusnick trucked him. He tried to jump him, and he gave him the WWE style back body drop, although he didn't complete the rotation and landed on his face. Mm. Jason Trusnick from Ohio Northern University. There you go. I say this because my cousin went to Ohio Northern and was there the same time he was. We might hear some more about him a little later. Uh, so it's a 3 nothing game at halftime. Again, it's the cold. It's teams not being able to move the football. It's a really good Seahawks defense. It's a really good Vikings defense. And the big highlight of the third quarter, Doug Baldwin makes a one-handed catch every bit as good as Odell Beckham Jr. and the famous catch that turned him into a superstar. He did use his other hand at the very end to hold on to the football, but this was also in the middle of the field where he's got to worry about getting killed if he goes up for the ball like this. I mean, Odell Beckham caught the ball on the sideline. He knew nobody else was going to hit him. Doug Baldwin's thinking, I go up for this ball like this, I'm going to get crunched. So he does use his other hand, but this is some kind of catch by Doug Baldwin. And, you know, if the Seahawks had a longer run in the playoffs because of this, they you'd look back at this play as almost like a fourth and 26 type play for the Eagles, you know, as we talked about in podcast a few weeks ago. But, uh, you know, this play gets lost history but this is some kind of catch by Doug Baldwin yeah he goes up with one arm and he's trying to make sure he he knows where Harrison Smith is because he's coming over uh, one more step and he's blowing him up right not only probably separating the ball but probably a shoulder or the face mask or many other things Uh, but this was also another play and indicative of what happened over the course of the game is that Russell Wilson was high Right, there were there were a couple other well that throwing that the football, throwing the football, yes, yes throwing sure, the football. Because the way you yeah, said that and throwing the football, make sure you say it that way. I was immediately uh, waiting for a laugh <laughs> from our normal technical producer yeah. on the show. That's going, okay. ah, no, uh, so that's that definitely like he was just high and and overthrowing receivers and putting them in harm's way. Right, one of the things for Russell Wilson as his career's developed is. 
you know, he's a guy that's operational efficiency at its finest. And on this day, there were just a number of balls where he almost got Baldwin and the other receivers killed. Mm. So this play right here is the first of what's going to wind up being a couple of big highlights for the Seahawks, but they couldn't turn it into points. And we go to the fourth quarter, the Vikings shutting out the Seahawks nine to nothing on the strength of what? Three Blair Walsh field goals. People forget about that. He was three for three going into the fourth quarter. He was responsible for the only points in the game. So the Vikings had shut the Seahawks out, nine nothing going to the fourth quarter. And then the play of the game comes, and it's a typical and quintessential Russell Wilson play. In fact, if you say to me at the end of his career, someone said to me, listen, I don't know anything about Russell Wilson. Tell me what, what he was like. I would say, watch this play right here. This is Russell Wilson. 9 nothing Minnesota leading, and the Seahawks are driving. Now, they're still ways away from the end zone. And, you know, look, they've been driving okay in between the 40s, but, you know, the Vikings have not broken on defense. The snap goes through Russell Wilson's hands, all right? And he's not ready for it. He kind of loses it trying to grab it on his shoulder pad. He gets it back 16 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And how many times have you seen this play with Russell Wilson now over the years? But this is the quintessential play. Five Vikings defenders go after him because they're all able to get by their blockers because they see the ball all the way down. They can take a wide run around and and get to the ball. Meanwhile, the blockers, you know, don't know they're going to let them get around because they don't know why they're running around. It's, oh, man, uh, the ball got way by Russell Wilson. Scramble drill. He's got five defenders closing in on him, and Wilson does kind of a quick step, and he scrambles. Right. And what happens on plays like this is if you can't get to that ball, a guy like Russell Wilson, when you're talking about five defenders who are now chasing him, that's only six guys in the field. And a couple of them are at the line of scrimmage. So there's going to be somebody who's going to be wide open, and it's Tyler Lockett. Lockett catches the ball for a first down, middle of the field, makes a nice move, and runs all the way down to the four yard line. This play changed the game because the Seahawks would go in for a touchdown and cut it to nine to seven. And suddenly the Seahawks have life. This one play did it. And this is the the play that you can look at it and say, this is Russell Wilson's career in a nutshell. This play right here. Yeah, the quick slide to corral the ball, uh, extend the play, and you can see as Lockett turns up field to run, you got Linval Joseph with his hands on his hips like we did everything right. Yeah. What are you going to do? We did everything right. We pursued. We chased. Wilson took a hit as he got rid of the ball. And there's Lockett standing all by himself. And then, as we alluded to a little bit earlier, Doug Baldwin doing his thing, scraping at the goal line, finding the end zone, and putting them on the board. But, yeah, for Russell Wilson, one of those, this is the Canton highlight reel mm. with the voiceover guy, uh, booming voice that's going to be like, all right, and here was the beginning of a legend. <laughs> no, or it's more like this, the booming voice saying, and Russell Wilson, like the chauffeur of a large limousine, content to let the parts do the driving. And then it's the really high, Wilson, oh, he fumbles a snap, and 16 yards back in the line of scrimmage, he gets it looking, oh my God, he's found a guy. Oh, it's going to be a first down, it could get in the end zone, what a play. Like, that's what it would go. It would be the whole oh, can we go back and really find the Paul Allen call instead? You gotta be kidding me. The ball comes straight back to Russell Wilson, and now he's free. Uh, But the Vikings still have the lead here in the fourth quarter, but something happens that has always dogged Adrian Peterson throughout his career on the ensuing possession. Cam Chancellor forces a Peterson fumble. He has always had those issues. Seattle converts it into a go-ahead field goal, so suddenly the Vikings who had this game was 9 nothing. You're saying, we're playing out the, the last 15 minutes. Wilson has the big play. Peterson fumbles, and suddenly now the Vikings are chasing down 10-9 with just a few minutes left. This is a huge reversal of fortune, and the fans in the stands are just stunned. They're looking at each other, hands on their heads, going, what just happened to us? We've just allowed, we kept them off the scoreboard the entire first three quarters. Now they got 10 in the fourth quarter, we're losing. And Adrian Peterson, the man with the strongest handshake you'll ever experience in your life. Oh, man. To where he tries to break your soul and your spirit. He does. I, I, I While staring you in the face. You know, before this all came up with his uh, child endangerment and, and what happened, like when he was in the midst of his career, when he was like in his mid-20s and I was at ESPN, 
ESPYs red carpet. It was always mm-hmm. my gig being on the red carpet of the ESPYs, and I get to interview a lot of players. And Adrian Peterson comes by, and you know, you shake hands and go, "How you doing?" He shakes my hand and he tries to break it. I go, "Oh my god!" And I said, "Dude, that's a hard shake." He goes, "It's how I do it. It's how I do it. You know, I got to shake hands. Got to shake hands that way." I'm like, "Okay." So a year goes by, and the ESPYs red carpet. Next time, Adrian Peterson comes walking by again. I'm like, "All right, I'm going to talk to him." And I go, "Hey, Adrian, come over, ESPN." He goes, "Yeah, sure." I go, "Been waiting. You shook my hand last year." But he goes, "Oh, you've been waiting all year for this." I go, "Yeah." And he gives me an extra squeeze, extra hard squeeze. And I go, oh, man, dude, come on. I was waiting all year for this. He goes, ah, I'm stronger. I said, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. So uh, that was that was my the, the hard handshake from Adrian Peterson. I felt like my knuckles cracking while he was shaking my hand. Yeah, no, um, I remember that from his rookie year. Oh. And then, uh, like you, uh, it got stronger every time you'd run into him. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> that, that's certainly the case. Oh. Like, still going, but 48 fumbles in his career on, what, about 30? 300 touches uh, and here just really well done by Chancellor much like we talked about the punch out on Calvin Johnson man, man on the spot so the Vikings trail 10-9 but Teddy Bridgewater gets the Vikings down the field pretty easily and all it's needed now in the final seconds is a 27 yard field goal from Blair Walsh who had a great college career at Georgia, but as a senior had his weakest year. He was 21 out of 35 on field goals, which is not a great percentage. Still, though, because of what he did, how strong his leg was, he gets drafted by the Vikings in the sixth round in 2012. He is terrific from long distance right away and becomes a pro bowler. Right In the summer of 2015, he was that good. He signs an extension to become one of the top five highest paid kickers in the NFL, four years and $14 million. So he just gets paid. He comes into the 2015 season, and he continued to be good. But the problem with Blair Walsh, it wasn't his length because he could make field goals from anywhere. It wasn't kicking in the first three and a half quarters. It was in the clutch during his career. Blair Walsh was never consistent making field goals in the final minutes. In the final minute with a chance to tie the game, give his team the lead, his field goal percentage was 40%. And it didn't matter where it was from. This wasn't, oh, he couldn't make the long one. He just couldn't make them in the clutch. And that was a bugaboo that followed him. Still, you got to think, 27-yard field goal, he's going to make this and send the Vikings on to the next round. Yeah, for his career, I mean, you look at he's an 82% field goal kicker. Uh, 24 of 35 from long range. Uh, anything inside 30, you miss one. Uh, and then you got the mid-range, what, 37 of 49. Uh, all the stats, including, well, eventually showing up as a member of the Seahawks. But just the the idea that in those waning moments, and this one, it, you, the more you look at it and go back and watch the game tape, uh, some things leading to uh, the eventual hook and and when we're talking about a miss, this was no ordinary miss, Jason Smith. No, 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 no. no. This never had a chance. <laughs> uh, at this point specifically, he's two out of five on field goals in the final minute to give his team the lead. And so you know that this is a guy that has problems in the clutch. He misses this one. As you said, it doesn't have a chance. Laces were actually in on this holder Jeff Locke didn't have the laces where it should have been and he misses the kick which you know you have to have the laces out because of Ace Ventura Pet Detective in 1994 and Ray Finkel and the laces weren't out Dan Marino and so we've known for 25 years you know what gotta have the laces out when you're kicking a field goal but still head coach Mike Zimmer says he's gotta make it Blair Walsh took all kinds of responsibility for it after the game was over but my goodness this kick just shocked everybody because this was It's a gimme. He's going to make it. The Vikings are going on, and the Seahawks are going home, and they're going to rue that Super Bowl even more because of this. But the kick misses, and everybody is stunned. Look, the announcers were trying to build up all kinds of momentum toward this by saying, hey, Richard Sherman could be on this side here. you got to watch for him because the person on the edge has to pick who to block, and Richard Sherman could be the guy coming in from the edge. And you're watching this saying, Okay, you're just trying to give me some drama because it's a 27-yard field goal. You this know is what, not the though? guy trying to kick one from 47 yards. You're just trying to give me some drama on this play. Well, but that's part of the the laces in. It's like, all right, it's 27 yards. Just hammer it home. But the third field goal of the game, Sherman barely missed it. And he 
stood there looking at his hand going, how did I miss it? <laughs> so uh, he'd almost gotten one earlier. Uh, so I, I got to think to some degree there was a bit of a hooking sensation knowing uh, and, and strategy knowing that he had to get it off because Sherman was getting a jump. So uh, the announcers, I think, were on, on top of it. And, yes, part of it is get in there and sell, 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 get you to the edge of your seat. Uh, but you know what? We've seen yeah, many that, strange things. I, I here's get a 27-yard field goal. No, I get it. And I, I and I think you're right about that. But the, the, the thing is, is that was a 47-yarder where, okay, a lot yeah. of things have to happen. you got to kick it lower. You know, you got to get more distance on it. This is an extra point. This Just is hammering. This is, you're, you're yeah. not, not going to do it. But, hey. Hey, this is what happens to Blair Walsh. Why does he miss field goals like this in the final minute? Does he think too much? It's that's what you got to do to be a successful field goal kicker in the NFL. You can't miss kicks like this, or you're not going to have a job. And it stunned me that he actually kept him around after this game, uh, because sometimes a kick is just so devastating that you have to move on. And you know, hey, I, I, I give the Vikings a lot of credit by keeping Blair Walsh on the team for a while, even though you knew the next time he missed a. a big field goal he was going to get cut and you were postponing the inevitable what was his cap number for the next year after signing that new deal (laughs) (laughs) they were going through his contract we can't we can't cut him because we got to eat all that money for a kicker no chance in hell but no, but that that's a great point you make about look Sherman got there, but still it's a twenty seven yard field goal. Yeah, I mean this no, is he, this like is I easy. said he he'd missed one from that distance in his career. Uh, so the game ends shockingly. The Vikings go home. The Seahawks go on. What was life like next? For Blair Walsh, what was like like next for the Vikings, who actually turned out to not be the same after this game? Not just Blair Walsh, all that and more coming up next. Keep it right here. The future is where things get really interesting for both of these teams. Special teams podcast, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Blair Walsh misses the 27-yard field goal. Seattle moves on to face the Carolina Panthers in the playoffs. The Vikings go home. Blair Walsh, who said it took him three weeks to reconcile the kick with himself, you know, staying away from everybody and staying out of the limelight and the spotlight, took him three weeks to actually be at peace with missing that kick. I remember he got letters from kids in school who wrote inspirational letters to him. Hey, I'm so sorry you missed this field goal. And he was so touched by it. He went and visited 
visited one of the classes that sent him letters. I mean, I think that's a really cool thing that he did. But you asked. Sure, there were probably some other letters that came in that weren't so positive. I'm sure sure there were. I'm sure people on Twitter. I mean, he was already out of a job. Now he's really mad. That's too soon for Ragnar. Come on. Ragnar is probably rooting against the Vikings at that point. Well, didn't he change teams? Wasn't that part of a Fox bid at one point? He was riding his motorcycle around going, hey, we lost Why is the game. he doing donuts in the end zone? What's going on? Uh, at one point, Walsh said he didn't remember anything about the game, like he had blocked it out. And that happens a lot with people. When you have such a bad memory or something happening, look, I got to block it out. I, I can't keep thinking about this or it's going to consume me and ruin my life. Sure. What's going to happen? Uh, but here's where things change in a way that you wouldn't expect. So... For the Vikings, this is how things got crazy. You would think that, all right, Bridgewater, Peterson is back. They have a good team, and we're going to move on and and build on this. By the end of 2016, the following season, Bridgewater, Peterson, and Walsh were all gone from the Vikings. They, you thought they had a really good young nucleus they were going to go. They were all gone. Teddy Bridgewater tore his ACL in the preseason and an injury that knocked him out for well over a year. He would never start another game for Minnesota. They had to trade for Sam Bradford. They got so desperate. Adrian Peterson gets hurt, tears his meniscus and an LCL sprain. He tried to come back in December of 2016, but couldn't. Wasn't the same guy. The Vikings decide we're going to get out from under his contract and the $18 million we owe him in February. So they're both gone. Your quarterback, your running back, you are now starting over at those two key positions. Meanwhile, Blair Walsh, he stayed with the team. I don't know how they did it. As I said, sometimes (laughs) mistakes, you just have to move on, but it was admirable. But like I said, it just postponed the future. He made it to week 10 against Washington. He had missed four extra points and four field goals to that point. He missed a big extra point against Washington. And they waved him after that and said, we got to get off of this ride. And really, it was inevitable. It was okay. Unless he makes every field goal and every extra point, you're going to move on from at some point. So this was where they, they let him stay to hope that it worked out. But you know, really, did, did you see it ending for Blair Walsh any differently in Minnesota? No, this was how it was going to go. No, that, that was inevitable. Uh, you look at the workload split with no Peterson there. Bradford comes in, a guy who gets, to my thinking, uh, so unfairly judged just because he was the last to cut the huge novelty check uh, before playing it down in the NFL. That's not his fault, man. That's the way the rules were. Yeah, he's got to wear that uh, throughout his history. I'm sure he sleeps pretty well, uh, like Hugh from Breaking Bad on a pile of the money. But this is one of those dividing lines. And and bringing Walsh back again, other than the money part of things, in 2015, total cash earnings was $4.4 million. 2016, we're looking at like $1.2 uh, when it's all said and done. So not a prohibitive amount of money in, in terms of releasing him. And one would have thought that after the terrible ending to the would-be playoff run that you, you would have cut and just said, all right, we need better karma around here. And then they bring in Kai Forbath mm. to kick after that. And, well, we watched his career uh, as well that had its ups and downs along the way. But, yeah, the starting of a new era there in Minnesota. So the Vikings were starting over. Now, it didn't end quite this way for Blair Walsh. We have one of those, you know, at the end of the horror movie, you think the killer is dead, but oh no, he comes back like very quickly at the end. Uh, That's kind of what we have for Blair Walsh. But first, that's what happened with the Vikings the next season. What about the Seattle Seahawks, right? They come off winning this game. They would lose the next week in the playoffs to Carolina, a a very famous game in which they got down 31-0 at halftime. You're thinking, okay, this is over. But they roar all the way back, nearly find a way to pull it off, and they lose 31-24. This turned out to be Marshawn Lynch's final game at the time for the Seattle Seahawks before he came out of retirement years later to come play for them. Uh, He retired during the Super Bowl in 2016 with the cleats over a telephone wire picture on social media, which we all remember. This was a big change for them because you saw over the course of this season into 2016, this became Russell Wilson's team. Wilson nearly brought the 
Seahawks all the way back in this game against Carolina, and it was the Seahawks finally realizing, okay, now we're Russell Wilson driven. All right, you know, look, Lynch marched to a different drum, and and okay, you know, but he, he's kind of his own, you know, entity out there. We needed him, but now we have to turn things over to Russell Wilson. And it was a change, and what we've seen now is Wilson become a yearly MVP candidate, and the way the Seahawks push their business, their yearly Super Bowl threats become because of Russell Wilson. Right. And we went to running back by committee pretty much every year since, right? You'll have a guy who's the hot hand for a while, uh, but they kind of use him up there in Seattle. All right. All right. He's going to get hurt and the next guy's going to roll up and he's going to get hurt. And the other guy's going to come back in because he's ready to go. And sometimes we've got a third guy at the ready. Meanwhile, our offensive line is a work in progress till about mid season. And then we settle on our five guys. You know, it's much like the, um, the pyramid that, uh, the woman used on Dance Moms. Sorry, <laughs> quarantine time, hanging out with the girls. Sure. Like, all right, these are going to be our guards. <laughs> and over here, number one, center, you're still there. The only constant was Russell Wilson, right? Even the wide receivers. You'd find new stars. Doug Baldwin, for a while, was that guy. But he was never but as good as he year. was that year, yeah. Right. No, that was the monster year. But, the, you know, at least he was the reliable. And then Lockett picks up uh, some more. And then you've had a number of other receivers and tight ends, you know, as, as you start. We're not going to do a 2020 preview here uh, as we roll through. But, you know, an important cog in the machine. Uh, as well. So for Russell Wilson, one of the game's big names and stars. And yeah, it's all when Marshawn Lynch and the Skittles checked out uh, the ending of an era there. Yeah, you know, honestly, you know, look, he, he came back to play after that. I think mm-hmm. he had such a bad season as far as health wise. He was so banged up mentally, physically, he just needed to get away. And this happens to players where they get away and then they get their love of the game back and they want to come back. But it was such a big run and, and, and the Seahawks were so good and and Lynch carried the football and had so much responsibility and then when you're so hurt and you can't be healthy and you're coming back and it's difficult you just need time away you get worn out both mentally and physically and I think that's what happened to Marshawn Lynch because clearly he was ready to come back and he's come back with a couple of different teams and mm-hmm. and you know that's where it is but speaking of comebacks this is where things end for Blair Walsh in 2017 as a free agent He is signed by the Seattle Seahawks. The team he missed the field goal against signs him to be their kicker. And Walsh does well for a bit. He makes two field goals to beat Minnesota. And in in a very famous uh, meme and moment, yelling at his ex-teammates on the sideline for taunting him because they were all yelling stuff about him, missing the field goals, missing the field goals. He makes two. He helps Seattle beat Minnesota. And he starts yelling at everybody on the sideline. That was about as good as it would get for Blair Walsh because he would miss a 52-yarder to tie the game on Monday Night Football against Atlanta. And then the biggest one, he missed a field goal in the final minute that could have beaten Arizona. Again, Blair Walsh and final minute field goals. As a result, Seattle lost this game 27-26. They missed the playoffs as a result because they could have got in if they won. And then Blair Walsh was waived. So the Blair Walsh Vikings Seahawks storyline doesn't end where you thought it would, but it still ends with missed field goals on both perspectives. And, and, you know, you can talk about not being able to pay kickers and you shouldn't pay kickers and all these things. No, you can pay kickers. You got to pay the right ones. You got to pay the ones you got to pay the Justin Tuckers that are going to make 50 yard field goals in the final minute. uh, That's going to win a game or, you know, the the solid guys that can, that can kick the Adam Vinatieri's that are going to kick well in the clutch. It it's some kind of gene that that some players have and some don't because and I feel awful for Blair Walsh because the guy was and still is a good kicker strong leg makes a lot of them but boy those misses at the end when you have a percentage that stands out that way it's okay how long are you going to be around that's really what it is well who's your closer uh, is your punter able to come in and kick <laughs> in the final minute or do you just have to go for it. All right, how about a little where are they now from this game? You got some? Ah, there you go. Well, we mentioned Trusnick before. 
out of Ohio Northern. Uh, real estate investments, uh, pro sports performance, so doing a little bit of the uh, technique and training as you go. Uh, you've got Sean Prater, graduate assistant under Herm Edwards over at Arizona State. Uh, also some marketing and sales work at Exos before that, so kind of dabbling in a couple of things. Uh, you got Clinton Gresham out of TCU, speaker, doing some uh, two sides. You can either book him for, here's basic motor motivational stuff or if you want me to go faith-based we'll get into the bible a little bit so it's two types of the process to wholeness for him and then you got matt asiata why because he was a fantasy hero for us oh yeah oh i I felt like i needed to bring him into the mix uh he played in the alliance in 2019 yeah he was one of the big high profile players that's right yeah yeah uh, and then he ended on injured reserve. I, rem- so. I remember, I think it was a game where I started him in fantasy. It was it was either pick up Asiata or McKinnon, I think was what it was. And I'm like, all right, let me pick up Asiata. And for one week, the week I picked him up, he had three touchdowns. It was great. But it was like three carries, three touchdowns. And yeah, McKinnon yeah. ran for like 170 yards. I go, oh, I picked the wrong guy. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I yeah, got for lucky. the long haul, I'm yeah. screwed unless I'm, I'm just playing vulture. Yeah, I got, that's I got why lucky I use the term week. vulture even more. <laughs> There's no question. Yeah, McKinnon being the dual threat back, and and that was the other thing they needed to do even more of uh, as, as the the offense changed there. But you know, as we well know, as you and I sit and we uh, we talk about this game and the fallout and the where are they now? There's a lot of guys that are still roaming NFL sidelines uh, from these games. Pretty amazing because you know normally we have the turnover in the league. I think the first 15 guys that I kind of went through and I was looking at the end of rosters. Guys are still hanging on somewhere. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, but coming from two well-coached, disciplined squads, when you look at it, especially when you go on the defensive side of the ball from both those squads, you know exactly what you're getting. So there it is, the Blair Walsh game. The Seahawks win it 10-9. Both teams change forever, and Blair Walsh's story is as amazing as it is improbable. Uh, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, our show is heard on Fox Sports Radio Monday through through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. You have an idea for a future special teams podcast? Hey, hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. Uh, maybe one of your suggestions will wind up on a later podcast. Also, don't forget, rate us, give us five stars, tell us you love us. If you hate us, give us five stars anyway. We'll talk to you That's next right. week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.